You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 50. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creative entrepreneurs who want to leverage their talents, their skills, or their passion to build thriving creative businesses. And it goes down here every single Wednesday with interviews with inspiring guests, amazing entrepreneurs from all types of backgrounds. And then I do solo shows where I'm sharing bits and pieces of my own creative journey, tips and strategies that you can try for yourself, because the idea here is for you to go out and pimp your own damn brilliance. And I need to pause for just a moment to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner with vision, encompassing everything you need to successfully achieve your goals. It seamlessly blends goal setting, a vision board, planning your day-to-day, and monthly review to help you get from idea to done. To learn more about the Visionary Journal, you can visit visionaryjournal.co. This episode is also brought to you by The Fear Guide. Silence your fear and take action. If the chorus of fear is regularly singing you out of your dreams, you need to grab this short read jam-packed with exercises that will help you silence those internal voices of fear long enough to take the next small step. And you can grab a copy by visiting thefearguide.com. All right, now that we got that stuff out of the way, um, you guys... I have a special guest on the show today. Today, my biz bestie, Mrs. Amber Wright, she is back on the show helping me talk to you guys about getting started as a speaker, or in her words, igniting your speaking career. And if you've listened to this show for a while, or if you've read my fear guide, then you've heard me talk about my brother Maurice and how he passed away several years ago really unexpectedly, and that changed so many things in my life and it completely changed the, tra- the trajectory of my business. And it's February now and I'm doing this Fearless February series, which is an honor of him because his birthday is in February. And I really wanted to highlight a couple of things that I hear people say that they want to do, but they're too afraid to do it. So I'm bringing on guest experts that are going to talk to you about these different things. And Miss Amber Wright is my guest expert about public speaking because she is actually, let me just let her introduce herself because she does a really great job of this. So Miss Am, how are you doing? Hey, boo, hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you. Well, go ahead and tell the people what you do, who you are, what you do. Well, you know, if you're a star chaser, then you already know me, right? Because I think this is my third time on the show. Yes? Yes, Maybe? it is. I it's... mean, I think I might be the most booked guest ever on Pimp Your Brilliance. So. You totally are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's because we're biz besties and this is what we do. But if you don't know who I am, I am a communication expert and coach who helps or works with entrepreneurs and professionals to teach them how to tell their story on stage, online, and in person. I'm also a personal growth coach who works with my same type of clientele to teach them how to speak, live, and lead with more confidence. I'm also a speaker and an author and a whole bunch of other things, but that's the ba- that, that's the basis. <laughs> <laughs> and she is my boo. 
So I'm so glad to have her on the show because she's my my expert on all things communication and public speaking. And I just felt like it's only right for her to come on the show and talk to us about something that she's awesome at. You guys, if you ever get a chance to see Amber speak in person, you just if you're at a conference and she's there, please go find her session and sit in because she's amazing at speaking. And she's I mean, so much so that she's I'm going to toot her horn a little bit. She (laughs) she some of your favorite Internet people like she is the brains behind some of their big talks. She is the brains behind their amazing bios. I mean, she's out here killing the game silently because these are things like that people don't necessarily say out loud. Like Amber wrote my thing. It's, It's almost a little hush hush. But trust me, there are big names. I'm not going to I'm not going to name drop any of them because I don't know if I'm allowed to. But but there are big names that she's creating these amazing, powerful stories and and speeches for. And so you listen, if you don't have a pen and you don't have a notepad, you already late. You behind. (laughs) So please grab a pen and a a notepad and get ready to take some notes because Miss Amber is going to rock it like she always does. So I want to kick things off with talking about our first speaking opportunities. So tell me, do you remember your first speaking opportunity and how you got it? Oh my gosh. I, you know what? This is going to sound so cliche, but I've been doing this for so long. It's really a part of the fabric of who I am. But when I think about one of my earliest, I can't recall my actual first, I'm going to be honest, but one of my earliest speaking opportunities was as a, as an entrepreneur was at a conference here in LA and it was called At the Helm Women in Business. And um, I had befriended the organizer and uh, we're still actually still friends to, the, to this day. And uh, she, it was actually a joint session. She partnered me up with another woman. This, this woman was a copywriter. And then I talked about sharing your message verbally. So she had the written portion and the spoken portion. And I, I was really good. <laughs> it was an intimate setting and it was just all women in business, you know, as it was described. And we had such a good time. And afterward, they were like, wow, that you were really good. Like, I learned so much and you were funny. And I was like, thank you. And I don't know. There was just something about that moment because I felt like that was me formally beginning to emerge in my expertise in a very visible way. I think that was way back in like 2012, I believe. So it's a long time ago. Oh, goodness, you've been in this game more than seven years. <laughs> yeah, losing like a real G in silence, like you said. <laughs> so I com- I remember my speaking, my first speaking opportunity. Um, I, I'm not as pro as Amber, but I've been speaking for quite a bit. And my very first speaking opportunity was at Alt Summit, which surprise, surprise, many of you who listen to this show probably met me at Alt Summit. You probably heard me talk about Alt Summit. Um, but it's it's a conference that I've returned to over and over again because it was a first for me in so many ways. I think it was my very first creative conference where I was with bloggers and other women who were doing businesses online. But they they used to, well, actually, it's not used to, they still do. They do a call for speakers every year. And I had decided, like, I want to start speaking. And I didn't quite know how, but they had the call for speakers. And I was like, I'm going to pitch. I pitched the first time, I think, in... 2013 and I didn't get it 
And I was like, okay. So when it came back around in 2014, I was like, I'm going to pitch again. And they do these things called roundtables where there's multiple roundtables going on at one time. I don't even know how many, but probably at least, I would say 15 maybe. It's like a, a two hour block. And for the roundtables, they needed multiple speakers. So I was like, that's the low hanging fruit. All I need to do is figure out something that they can't say no to because the audience is bloggers. And at the time, people were still struggling to use WordPress. Squarespace wasn't really a thing. And I was like, I've been using WordPress since 2008. I know it like the back of my hand. So I pitched the session, everything WordPress, and people were going to come to my round table and we were going to talk about WordPress. And that's exactly what happened. Like they said, yes, I did the round table. I had lots of people coming in and out. We were, they were asking questions. It was like a really, really simple, low barrier speaking gig. But it like Amber, it kind of put me in this mode of like, oh, I can do this again and I can try to pitch for other things. The beautiful thing about Alt was after I did it that one time, they used to at the time have um, an online conference called Alt for Everyone, which was similar to the the in-person one, but they had like these online tracks. They actually reached out to me and were like, hey, would you like to teach a session at Alt for Everyone and we're going to pay you? And I was so excited because not only did I get to speak again at all within a couple of months, I didn't have to pitch them and they paid me to do it. And it was like $400. I was super excited because I was like, I just got to come up with an hour of content and deliver it from my living room. Like, okay. So it was like, it was so exciting. And that's, that was how I became like a conference speaker. And it's really yeah almost as simple as that in a lot of ways. It really is. I mean, you know, I won't get ahead of myself, but it really is. <laughs> so why do you think so many people are afraid of public speaking? What do your clients say when you when they come to you and they want your help? I think people are, you know, we there's that uh, statistic or quote that people say that more people are afraid of, people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. And I really think that the driving force behind it is a fear of judgment. And and that's really what it comes down to. People are afraid of being vulnerable in front of strangers. And there's nothing more vulnerable than standing up in front of a group in, of, in front of a group of strangers and presenting yourself, let alone speaking about something that you may or may not feel that you're an expert on. Because the fear chorus, as we know, will tell us what you doing you ain't no expert why are you trying to act like you're all that or that you're smarter than us you don't really know anything and then we're telling ourselves or are they are they going to worry or are they going to judge me for my accent or what i'm wearing or how i my voice sounds and so we begin to replay these tapes in our mind that really keep us from presenting ourselves in front of groups of people and and talking and so that constant replaying of this negative self-talk I think is is really what drives people's fear of public speaking they're just afraid of well what's going to happen or what are people going to say about me and I think that this is even true for people who will say well I don't really care about what people say about me you might feel that way but there's just something really intimidating though about having all these eyeballs on you that you voluntarily ask them to 
to to judge you for by being willing to stand up in front of a group and say whatever it is that you were asked to say. Oh, I, I agree completely about, you know, everything that you just said about the fear of judgment, because it's it's actually kind of hard in a way to get up in front of a group of people and have the audacity to mm-hmm. say, I have something to say and you're going to listen to me. You're going to give me your attention for however amount of, you know, long your speech is. I, I'm demanding your attention during this time and I'm going to stand here and, and talk to you. And it's, it can be a lot of pressure to put on yourself to, to say that. But at the same time, also you have to think about how many people don't have the audacity to stand right. on a stage in front of people and say, I have a story to tell and here's my story and you're going to listen to it. It, I think it's it's very, very intimidating. And the fear of judgment is one of those ones that I think is just hard to co- to overcome. Because to your point, even if you think, I don't care what you have to say about me, I don't care what you think about me, we still feel that pressure of wanting people to like us, wanting mm-hmm. people to approve of us, wanting people to validate us and, and make us feel like we're okay and we're normal. And that can be a lot of pressure to put on yourself, you know, um, if you're thinking about speaking. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Exactly. (laughs) And I think another reason why um, uh, another well, I I know another reason why people are often really reticent when it comes to public speaking is they tried it once and it didn't work Mm, mm -hmm. and they were embarrassed or they flubbed their words or whatever the case. And so they blame public speaking for everything just because they'll they'll just by default say I just don't like it and it's like really what you want to say is I tried it before and it didn't work and so I don't ever want to do it again but the only way to get better at it is to to continue doing it but that doesn't feel good it's like bowling I don't really like to bowl I've never (laughs) been a good bowler and I realized I don't like bowling because I'm not good at it. Like the ball is heavy, them shoes, you be sliding across the thing. I'm just like, I don't like bowling. But it's really just because I'm not good at bowling. And so people do the same thing to public speaking. They say that they don't like it and they hate it so much. And it's just because they may have had one or two bad instances where it didn't go well. And instead of using that as fuel to continue to work at it and to get better, they just convince themselves that they just can't stand it. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny that you just said that about bowling. When I was in college, I this is a tangent, but when I was in college, I wanted to be, I wanted to work at the apartment complex I lived at. It was like co- off college, off campus college housing. And okay. the people who worked there, they got free rent and I wanted to do that. And they had, they had openings and to apply, you had to do this bowling day with them where they wanted to get to know you. And I remember one of the guys who already worked there said, like, you are a god-awful bowler. was <laughs> <laughs> just so bad at it. <laughs> I was so bad at it. And <laughs> can you imagine you're, like, failing the meet and greet interview because your bowling is so bad? <laughs> I didn't get that job. I don't know if it was because of the bowling, <laughs> but that didn't help. <laughs> Like, we didn't even got no coordination. How are we gonna hire her for this job? Oh, oh my goodness. goodness! Oh, that just tickled me so. <laughs> when you were telling that, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so there. I know, I understand." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so bad. 
That's anyway, funny. so there's there's my humorous story for you guys today. But um, this is a good time to segue. You said something that segues into my next question. What are some practical ways that people can start speaking in front of groups or practicing, should I say? Well, I, I really, I mean, just kind of segueing from where we were, what we were just talking about and the fear, I think you have to do some of that mental work first because diving right into it, it's just, I don't know that it's going to be the remedy for you. So I think the first most practical thing that I can advice that I can give someone is to convince yourself or just tell yourself that what you have to say is worthy. Like your voice deserves to be heard. And I think feeling this feeling of unworthiness, like, well, I'm not going to raise my, you could be in class and know you know the right answer, but you won't raise your hand because you're just like, well, they don't, they don't want to hear it from me. I'll just let somebody else do it. So the first order of business is to just recognize that what you have to say matters and it's of value and be willing to add your voice to the conversation. It's like how I, when I was teaching, so I taught college courses in public speaking um, and interpersonal communication for like eight years. And I would always tell my students, there's no such thing as a dumb question because if you have it, I'm sure somebody else does as well. So that is your community service to the class to be willing to raise your hand and ask your question because you don't know who else you could be helping with that same question. So similarly, when it comes to public speaking, don't be afraid to just say, you know what, I'm going to add my voice to this conversation here, whether it's at a meeting at work or um, volunteering to lead a meeting. If you are an entrepreneur and you've got to promote your business, maybe going to a networking event and introducing yourself and talking about what you do. So there's all these different dynamics where you can practice that. But first, just believe that what you have to say is a value. And two, then do some of those things that I just mentioned. Find smaller ways that don't feel as high risk in terms of on the vulnerability scale where you can get experience you can people often ask me does video count as public speaking and i would say so because it's part of this like one-to-many model it's you talking to the world basically but it's just you and your computer or your phone wherever you are intimately in your home or in your car whatever the case may be but what video does is it helps you to get used to being able to articulate your ideas and not be all rambly and be all over the place. It gives you a chance to actively say, okay, this is what I want to talk about today. And these are my like simple points that I want to share. And I'm going to practice just literally talking out loud to my community and sharing this content on social media, online, or wherever the case may be. So I think that that would be the second one is find simple ways to get about the business of just practicing sharing your ideas in a way that feels cohesive and then you can start looking for other opportunities to share your expertise kind of like you did with alt summit and just actually pitching to put yourself out there um i i don't know if i've said this on the show before i feel like i have but if i so if i have forgive me but i always tell the story of how my sixth grade spanish teacher was an old white lady (laughs) we lived in texas at at the time she was an older white woman she taught us spanish she had this really, you know, dry Texan accent. And she used to tell us, you can't learn to ride if you don't get on the bicycle. <laughs> and she was trying she was trying to instill in us this idea that you're never going to be good at Spanish if you don't practice. Because you can't learn to ride if you don't get on the bicycle. So speaking is in the same way. You'll never get over your fear of it until you actually start doing it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is so, I'm so, the imitation. 
was so funny to me. I don't remember her name, but I remember her face. She had a short, like, crop cut, and her hair was um, white. It was just white and silvery, and she wore these glasses, and she used to look down at us through her glasses. And she she wasn't a terrible woman, but, you know, she she wasn't my favorite. (laughs) But I do remember that she would say that all the time. Can't learn to write. (laughs) I won't do it again, but you get it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I want to I want to share some of the opportunities that we have received because we started speaking because I, I mm-hmm. feel like almost sometimes I have to convince people like you should do this thing mm. beyond beyond just saying like you want to do this thing. Why don't you do it? Sometimes I feel like we have to incentivize people I'm like here is why you should do this or here's how this can help. So do you want to share some opportunities that you've come across because you were a speaker or how people found you i made some money okay (laughs) that's the opportunity is to make money (laughs) i no, this is a true story i spoke at a conference in october of 2018 and nailed it it was so good and i had a line of people waiting to talk to me afterward and ironically uh, this woman did not wait to talk to me after <laughs> so i was really surprised when last week she inquired on my website and she said i need help with develop like crafting my story and developing my message and i knew you were exactly who i needed because i heard you speak at this conference and because she had seen me in person she sat on the front row of that session and soaked in everything I had to say. You always look for that one person in the audience who is your affirmer, you know, the one who like makes eye contact with you and they smile and they nod at everything that you say. She was like that. And um, so she had already had a chance to experience me. So when it was time, she was ready. We didn't have to have a discovery call. She didn't have to vet me or ask me questions. She knew I was the real deal. And she knew that I was the one that she wanted help from. So there's that. So now she's a paying client and we're working together to help her define her, her own story and build her speaking career out. And so that's one thing that stands out in my mind because that just happened (laughs) just the other day, but other opportunities, um, most frequently people invite you to speak elsewhere Mm -hmm. when you do something and you kill it. And you, I mean, you speak somewhere and you kill it and you do a really good job. Then they're like, wow, this was really great. Can you do this at my job or can you do this at my office or speak, come speak to my group of people that has happened to me so often. And that's how you begin. Your career begins to grow legs because people see that you did a really good job and how you made them feel or what have you. And then they invite you to speak other places. So I've gotten invitations to speak at conferences. I was invited to be the um, back when Periscope was popping, people still use Periscope. So just because I don't use it anymore doesn't mean that it's whack now. But back when I was very heavily active on Periscope, I was invited to be the like in-house Periscope person on the social media team for Mom 2.0. That was a really big deal. It's a huge conference. But because I had spoken at another conference, this other woman was like, well, who do you know that's good at Periscope? She was like, oh, Amber, you should have her. So all kinds of opportunities can come that are not even just monetary, but that helped me meet new people and introduced me to a new audience of folks and helped me to you know broaden my network and I got clients from that experience too so speaking is such a great way to gain visibility and to grow your business if you have one yes and to piggyback on that I think that sometimes we overlook how powerful speaking at conferences and things can be because as Amber just mentioned like sometimes they're not always paid sometimes mm-hmm. you're doing it for the exposure or to be able to rub elbows with people but here is a little bit of 
food for thought or maybe spilling a little bit of tea. I get so many questions from people about like, how do I sell my products? How do I get in front of new audience? Like, how do I get people to know who I am when I'm just starting out? Speak at a conference. Mm-hmm. Pitch to speak at a conference because there's inherent clout just because you are on the speaker page. When people are researching conferences and they're they're trying to put together like their schedule of what they want to do, who they want to meet, you get a space on the speaker page that gives you uh, links back to your website. I always see a few links of traffic from Alt Summit or Blogalicious or other places that I've spoken because they link to your website. So, you know, you're rising in the search engine ranks. So that's one thing. But people are starting to look ahead of conferences to decide, like, who do they want to meet? Who do they want to shake hands with? Who do they want to give business cards to? You never know what kind of opportunities come from those chance meetings. Pretty much every single person who has been on this guest, this podcast, I don't think I have had a person on my podcast who has pitched me. I I haven't really needed to, and I get a ton of pitches. These are all women and a few men that I have met at conferences. There's a handful of people that I I haven't met that I just really wanted to have on, and I reached out to them. But I would say 90% of the guests that have been on this show are people that I've met at conferences. And so it becomes one of those things where you just put yourself in the right room. Other people are, they're just kind of impressed because it's like, oh, you spoke at this conference. And I, I just told you guys a few minutes back how simple it was to pitch myself for an opportunity at a conference. But other people don't realize that. And they're just really impressed that you had the audacity to stand in front of a room or sit at a round table and speak to people about whatever your area of expertise is. And they want to get to know you. So never overlook that. It makes it so much easier when I go to conferences and I talk about some of the things I do and I casually mention like, hey, I made a planner. There's always a handful of people that are like, oh, do you have a copy of your planner with you? Can Mm -hmm. I see it? I always go to conferences and sell planners. I just packed them in my suitcase because people want it's there's just built in authority there. So don't overlook the power of speaking at conferences, even if it's just to speak. I really have to co-sign on that because I, I can say unequivocally that attending Blogolicious in the fall of 2014 almost single-handedly changed the trajectory of my business because it was my first blogging conference. I had been a blogger since 2007, so I'd been in the game for seven whole years by the time I had gone to that conference. But I went, well, a friend and I, a friend of mine and I decided to pitch a session and they accepted it. So again, it's re- all, you can't learn to ride if you know you're going to buy. So you have to actually just like put yourself out there. So I had decided though, even if they don't accept the session, I'm going to go anyway because I want to go and I want to meet people and I'm just ready. I'm ready to make this investment in myself as a business person and just do this. So they accepted our session. We went, it was standing room only in our session and when you are speaking at a conference, like people, they, I mean, I don't mean this from an ego driven place, but they really do like, oh, she spoke. And there's just kind of like this different energy around getting to talk to the people that this committee of folks who run the conference decided that their voice were the ones that they wanted to add to the conversation and that we trust, we put our trust in this committee 
to bring people here who are going to add value for the money that we pay to be here. And that's why I think that conferencing is such a special thing and speaking at conferences is such a special thing because of that. Like you, there's this built in inherent trust that this person knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So the connections that I made while I was there, the, um, the support that I got, I, there was a woman there who was a, a media communication coach. I got to see her basically do what I was aspiring to do. And she's worked with celebrities and all these, you know, people like Alicia Keys and Misty Copeland. And she offered a special coaching rate just for the attendees just because she loved the conference. I never would have been able to have afforded to have worked with that woman otherwise. But because of being me being there, I got the chance to be in the room with all these different types of people. And so conferencing has really had a direct influence on the growth of my business. And when you are new and you are getting started, there's just, I know we love the internet. I know it. But there's nothing better than there's no greater currency than someone being able to say, oh my goodness, I met Monique at this conference. She's so much fun. Like she's exactly how she is online. She's super friendly. And and when they get to hear you speak, then they're like, oh, and they're the real deal because she was able to take questions off the fly and she was funny and engaging. You can't, there's just something about that experience and that dynamic in person. So if you are someone who's been hiding behind your laptop, <laughs> this year, I want you to make a commitment to close your laptop and get out in these streets and meet people because that there's just nothing. There's no greater currency, too, than a referral. <laughs> so yes. you want people to be able to say that, like, no, I worked with Amber. She's really good. The only thing that it's just fair for me to say this. I'm at a place where I don't go to conferences as much. I'm, I'm not conferenced out just yet, but I'm much more selective about where I one year I went to four conferences in one year. That's just too many. For me. But now, especially as my speaking career begins to evolve, I am in a place where if I do offer my talents, I do want to get compensated for it. But if the conference is one that I believe in and one that I feel can help me progress my career forward, like that conference that I spoke at last year that I just mentioned, I wasn't paid for that. I had to spend my own money and go, but I made the money back. Right when that woman said, I saw you there and now I want to pay you for your time. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I want to, I want to share, I want to share a few tips. I want to have Amber share a few tips because um, we've been talking, I mean, at this point we're talking about conferences. So let's just stay on this vein because I think, okay. I think conferences and like smaller events are just a really low barrier to entry to get in. Um, if you want to start speaking. So what is your best tip for somebody who wants to start speaking at the conference level? See it as an investment in your, well, determine what your goal is for going. And you and I have this conversation all the time as biz besties. Like, what are your intentions for this event? You know, have you, <laughs> and it sounds like woo woo, but it's true. What do I want to get out of this experience? One and two, what can I contribute to the experience? And I think if you think about those things in advance, then you'll go and have a better time because conferences are overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There's always a gang of people. It's all that walking up and down and running back and forth and trying to get to the room to catch a nap and recharging your battery if you're an introvert and trying to find food like you and me in Miami. And <laughs> we like, we hungry. Like, let's go find breakfast. And, you know, <laughs> you can't tell Monique and I are real friends, like for real. Um, 
So, yeah, just think about what you want to get out of it. And I think that what that also does is it puts less pressure on the conference organizers to provide you with this amazing experience. Some of that you have to play a partner in and say, well, what do I want to get out of it and what am I bringing to the table? And I think if you do that um, and you kind of set these intentions to say, all right, I want to meet three. I want to make three quality interactions. So every day that you're there. You survey who you want to connect with and then you make those intro, you make those, those actual connections. So I think that that would be my best piece of advice. I love it. And my best piece of advice, if you wanted to start speaking and you wanted to kind of work the conference circle, the conference circuit to get started would be get on the email list of all those conferences. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that I always tell people is conferences, they're multiple days they need a lot of talent. They have a lot of space that they need to fill. Most of these conferences, especially larger ones like Alt, they're not just running one session at a time. They're running three, four sessions concurrently. And this is like, you know, could be a six to eight hour day at the conference. Yeah. They need a lot of talent for multiple days. This year for Alt, they're doing a six day conference. Which oh I think my. Is, it's, that's bananas. But um <laughs> It's crazy, but they need a lot of talent. They need a lot of people with a variety of expertise. You don't have to be like the Joy Cho, you know, of uh, Joy to speak mm. at a conference. You can just be Melissa with a new blog. But if you have something valuable to share that you can speak on very confidently, you can start speaking on similar stages with Joy to- Cho. And, you know, sometimes they have conference green rooms where people are in there, the big speakers. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been introduced to big speakers or I've ridden in the elevators with, like, the keynote of conferences. I'm really bad about this, full disclosure. A lot of times I don't know who people are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it won't dawn on me until, like, later on. I can tell you guys a story about this one year at all, um, Ben Silberman, who is, I guess he's the founder of Pinterest. I don't know. He worked, he's the head up at Pinterest and he okay. was the keynote one year at all. But I didn't know that. And I didn't know who he was. And I was standing in the hallway and another person I knew at the conference was like, Hey, Monique, have you met my friend Ben? And I was like, no. And so they introduced me, but he didn't mention working at Pinterest. I shook his hand you know, he was making some small talk, but in my mind, I was just like, I don't know who this is. And this is, <laughs> we got to make small talk now. And this is awkward. So I like, I walked off to go into the keynote session and I'll be damned if I didn't sit in the seat. And mm. five minutes later, they introduced the keynote and it's the same Ben I just met in the hallway, <laughs> like literally five minutes before. So you just never know what um, kind of opportunities are there available. But my point is, if you want to start speaking and you're looking for something low pressure, low barrier, try going for a conference or, or one of these smaller events and get on the email list and pitch for the call to speakers because they they just, they need to fill a lot of slots, a lot. Yeah. So don't, don't feel like, oh, they're not going to have space for me. Oh, they're not going to choose me. If you have something of value to offer, you have a leg up because a lot of people aren't pitching. And that's how you get in the door. Don't just think that people are all automatically have to come to you. Take the initiative and pitch yourself. There we go. Like how we talked about a second ago, believing that what you have to say 
matters and is worthy of being heard. And when you feel that way, like, oh, I see how I could add to this conversation. You took the time to go look at their speaking thing from the year before and said, oh, they didn't have a session on this. I'm an expert on that. And say, oh, I noticed that you didn't have a session about this last year. I would love to come in and talk to your audience about WordPress or whatever the case may be. And you're helping make their job a little bit easier by submitting a solid pitch. But, um, you know, being willing to add your name to the list or throw your name in the ring. Did you catch that piece of tea that Amber just dropped? She just said two things that I want to highlight. One is doing your research and seeing what sessions the conference already had previously Um, things that they may have missed or things that you can expand on that you're an expert on, boom. Because the next thing you're probably going to think is like, okay, I'm going to pitch. What am I going to pitch about? Go see what they're already talking about (laughs) and make sure that you understand the audience that they have Mm -hmm. and pitch along those lines. And then what she just said about making it the job of the conference organizers easier, you're doing them a favor. So don't think that you're bothering them. You're not. They want to hear from people who want to give quality talks and and blow the minds of everybody. (laughs) At this point, we're getting close to the end. And before we wrap up, I want to ask, uh, what are three things that someone can put into action right now, like today, if they wanted to start speaking? One, decide you're going to decide you're a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just something so tangible about that, the simplicity of it to say, oh, oh, I want to be a speaker. But it's like, okay, well, you want to be a speaker? Call yourself a speaker. When I started my business, I didn't know what a communication coach and consultant did. I had no idea. But I put it on my business cards anyway because I said, well, I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) And I did. Right. So the day you decide that you're ready to become this, then call yourself that and start telling people that, oh, did you know that I'm a speaker? I speak on these maybe three topics, whether it's um, in my case, how to live with confidence, conflict resolution, personal growth and development. Think about what it is that you're an expert on. It could be e-commerce. It could be fashion and style or style on a budget, whatever the case may be. One, so decide, commit to the idea of it. Two, I think uh, it really would be to dis- to determine who your audience is. Well, okay, here we go. Commit to being a speaker. Decide what your message is going to be and then decide who your message is for. Mm-hmm. Because without the two and three, it's just not going to work. And so deciding what your message is, that's just about thinking about everything that you've gone through, all of your life experiences, the journey that you have gone on that has brought you to where you are at this very moment in time. Those are the things that make up your story. And that's all fine and well. But beyond that, how does your story add value? So determining what about my story would people want to pay for? Like, what is the takeaway? What is the learning moment, the teachable moment that I can be able to share that would allow me to call myself a paid speaker. And when you're able to really think about that and kind of tangible, think about it from that perspective, from a value-based perspective, then you can start thinking about, okay, now that I know what my story is, or I know what my teachable moment is that I want to share, who am I going to share that message to? Is it young adult women in college? Is it men in transition after divorce? Is it um, new entrepreneurs who have been in business for three to five years? Then you can start thinking about 
who my people are, who can most benefit from what I have to say, and then you go and find them. Where do they convene? What conferences do they attend? What, where do they hang out online? Is it Facebook groups or whatever? And then you become parts of those, a part of those communities. So right when the moment comes for them to say, I wish we had someone who talked about this, you can be like, me, that's me, that's what I specialize in. And then you can start to seize opportunities from there. Okay, so my three tips, um, so you covered the beginning, so I'm okay. going to share a few tips that I think once you have decided on those three things, you figured out those three things, some next steps that you can do. Um, I already mentioned the main one, which was get on the conference email list. I'm going to keep saying that. Get on the email list. That's where you're going to hear about the call to speakers. Uh, my second thing is, great, you're on the email list. They have a call to speakers out. How do you write a pitch? Here is the pitch formula that I use every single time. I come up with a really catchy title for the session that I'm going to, that I want to propose, like a title that's so good that they might use it in their brochure, the conference pamphlet. I come up with two to three sentences that explain what the session is about, something really concise. And then I always give three takeaways. These are the three things people are going to learn. They're going to learn what the chorus of fear is. They're going to learn why they shouldn't listen to the chorus of fear. And then they're going to learn three exercises that they can do to silence mm -hmm. fear. Boom. Simple as that. Because you always want to make sure that you're leaving people with something to take home. It's not enough to just get up there and tell your story. You also have to give people a way that they can apply what they just heard to themselves or their own situations. So that is my second one. My third thing is to make sure that your stuff online looks pro <laughs> because <laughs> this is such a sore spot for me um, when people have really good information and really good messages, but their brand visuals don't match. And that's not to say that everything has to be like you know, you had to spend a ton of money on it, but make sure you have the basics covered. Make sure your website is nice, it's updated, it looks modern, and you create it to the best of your ability. Uh, make sure that your social media presence, they look nice, they're updated. If you're going to include these on your application, they're updated and they show you as the person that you want to be seen. If you have questionable things on your social media, Leave those links off. Don't put them on there. <laughs> Just don't do it. And um, make sure you get like a nice picture of yourself. Again, doesn't have to be anything super pro, but just a nice picture that shows your, your head nicely and a really concise bio about yourself. But the main things are make sure your website looks right and your social media looks right. If you're going to be sending the organizers of whatever event you want to speak to, your information online, make sure when they get to your website, you look legit and you look like somebody that they want to bring in. Uh, so if you, if you have things that are questionable or a little radical, you need to know your audience, don't send them those links. Just don't yes. do it. And I have to say, you know, Monique and I, we love you so much, right? So we said, we're saying this in love because we love you, but don't be out here raggedy. No. Don't be out here with no bootleggery with your website it doesn't have to be like you pay you don't have to pay thousands of dollars for something that's cohesive 
but you need you it don't don't be don't be raggedy and don't be out here with no bootleggery please if you want to be a speaker i think it should be obvious on your website that you are available to be hired as a speaker and if you don't feel like your site is up to par then do what you can until you can make the investment or at the very least use your linkedin page yes Tip- Pimp out your your LinkedIn page, get you a good picture to put on your little header and then put on there that you are a speaker and these are the topics that you speak on. So there's really no excuse for anybody to not have some type of presence because organizers, they look at that. They will go to LinkedIn. If you're especially if you want to speak in the corporate realm, you better believe that's the first place that they're going is to LinkedIn to see what your profile says. So and LinkedIn is for that free 99. Okay. So there are options out there for you until you can get to a place to where you can have a, you know, a nice and clean website that's functional. But I just really had to co-sign on that because we don't do raggedy and we don't do bootleg. No. <laughs> and I really don't. It's it's a sore point for me. Okay, so this was really good. I want to leave people with like a little pep talk, some parting words. So what you got, Amber? You can't learn to ride if you don't get on the bicycle. You can't none of this is gonna happen for you. And there's I feel like there's gonna be somebody listening to this like right now who's like, Oh my goodness, they're totally talking about me. And whoever you are, just know that it's possible. It's out there for you for the taking and that your 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 voice needs to be heard and I always say whenever I'm interviewed or do these types of things I always say that your gift is somebody else's struggle so why would you keep somebody else bound in struggle by being unwilling to share your gift with them and your expertise doing that as a speaker Mm. okay so that's hard to follow up Um, (laughs) (laughs) my I think oh, the words that I will leave you with is actually a little bit of a story. Um, you know, as I said, I started speaking in 2014. I don't speak as often as Amber. Uh, she's super pro, but I do speak fairly regularly. And I think in the last year, it's really started to dawn on me how much of an impact of the things that I say to people really have. Because sometimes you hear you go and speak and then you just leave and you don't hear anything ever or sometimes you get a little bit of feedback but sometimes you don't hear much and you just think like okay I did it it's done but your words have an impact just the fact that you show up in this space and you say whatever it is that you need to say you share your message it can change people's lives and I don't say that lightly and it's not fluff it's true I spoke for the very first time about the content in the fear guide in August of last year and in the last 30 days I've had three different women who either attended that session or read a copy of the fear guide share with me how those words push them to do something. One woman wrote a book like she had, and we talked about this during my session, the fact that she needed to submit a draft by the end of the year and she hadn't started writing on it and she didn't really think she was going to. And I told her that was crazy and that why wouldn't she she really needed to do that and and she shouldn't be afraid and she submitted that first draft she was like it might be the crappiest first draft ever but she submitted it another woman started an Etsy shop for her knitwear and she said that hearing me say you shouldn't be held hostage by your fear was a push another Mm -hmm. woman told me just the other day that she accepted a writing fellowship and she did not attend my talk 
but she did get a copy of the fear guide and she read it and she was like, that pushed me. And I'm no different from anybody else. Like you're listening to this podcast, but this is a podcast that I made up that I record (laughs) in my house. (laughs) Like nobody is funding this. So in the greater scheme of things, like I am just a regular person like everybody else. I mean, I really am. Um, There's nothing inherently special about me except for the fact that I decided I had a message to share about why we shouldn't be held hostage by fear, why you should go out there and do things. And you have your own messages to share and you have your own people who are going to resonate with that message and you're going to change things and you're going to shift things in their lives. And that's super powerful. And if you take nothing else from this entire episode, people, if speaking is on your to-do list, go speak, figure out how you can make it happen. Get on some waiting list, uh, some mailing lists for conferences, speak at your church, ask to speak at school, ask to speak at work, like try it out, go to Toastmasters and practice, like do whatever you need to do because you have something valuable that you need to share with people and they are ready to listen. And that's, that's what I got to say. (laughs) I love it. All right. So before you go, Miss Amber is, I told you she's a communications pro. She's been out here killing the game for the last couple of years, working in silence. And she actually has a course about igniting your speaking career. Do you want to tell them about it? I do. I would love to. So that is the name of it. It's called How to Ignite Your Speaking Career. And if you just could not get enough of this podcast episode and you're like, oh, need to know more. This course has what you need. I cover four key areas talking about how to define your platform. So determining what kind of speaker you want to be, defining or determining who your audience is, like how to understand where to reach the people who need to hear your message, how to discover your niche. So understanding between what the big four are, which is colleges, uh, corporations, churches, and conferences and events, which one you best belong to or you most belong to. And then finally, how to actually deliver your message. So I talk about some of the basics just as it relates to delivering your content in a way that resonates with your audience, but also makes sense to you too. So if you would like to learn from me in a self-study course that you will actually finish, I cover all of that in just one hour, then I think that you should take it. And it also has a handy dandy workbook to go with it. So you can get on your way towards doing everything that Monique and I talked about today because we both believe in giving out practical tips and strategies. We're not, we're, we're, we're both no fluff kind of people. So we believe in the importance of giving people tools to actually do the things that we tell them to do and the how to ignite your speaking career course can do that. Yes. So if you're interested, I will have the link in the show notes, but for you who are overachievers and got your notebooks and your pens, the link to the course, it's gum, so G-U-M dot co backslash ignite course. So gum dot co backslash ignite course, all one word, and you can find out details for registering there. Yay. Yay. Well, all right. So we are going to call it on this episode. I feel like we shared a lot and it's always such a nice pleasure to have Amber on the show. Do you want to let them know how they can find you on social? Absolutely. I'm on the book, the bird and the gram at talk to Amber. I spend the most of my time on Instagram and I do respond to people if you want to say hi, or you can always just visit my website, www.talktoamber.com. Yay. All right, people. So if you like this episode, then I'm giving you a call to action. Screenshot it. Tag mm-hmm. us on Instagram at star chasers only 
at Talk to Amber. You can even do a little screen grab, like record a, a little snippet of your favorite part and tag us in your stories. I would love to reshare that on my my own stories and maybe Amber will do the same, but we would love to hear from you and get your feedback. Let us know if you're going to start speaking. And with that, we're going to go. But until next week, go out there and pimp your brilliance.